dreaming, where do people dream? They dream, you know, on TV, they dream in the radio, they dream in magazine, they dream on website, they start to explore your store, they're not selecting, and they're exploring, they're looking for the right store, not the right product. And we miss telling a story. Like we started selling this product out of the trunk of our car. Don't be afraid to fail. Inventory management is about balance. Get the product out, that's number one. I've always preached sustainable growth. So we just started building community. Look at the data. Product development is everything. Yeah, we say we're a brick, click, and pop. But you have to love what you do. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of our Merchant Mastery Series. And today we have Dan Holman with Canadian Retail Solutions. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Terry. I appreciate being here. Tell me what uh, Canadian Retail Solutions does. Uh, Canadian Retail Solutions is really a, a technical provider to, to retail. Uh, we look after point of sale technology, uh, electronic fund transfers or EFT. So we are a technology provider to retailers out there with our core audience being the independent retailer. The independent retail. And you've been doing this for how many years now? Uh, retail, Canadian Retail by uh, Canadian Retail Solutions, sorry, uh, turned 30 years old this wow. year. Um, so yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've grown up here in retail. Wow. That's amazing. Now, now the, are you servicing primarily uh, Canadian retailers? Do you service American retailers as well? Yeah, about, about 70% of our audience is Canadian based retailers. And then 30 is in the U S 30. And so that's the technical side of your business, right? You know, you're mm -hmm. providing POS, uh, solutions and that get the, what do you call it? Uh, transaction support and things like that. Yeah, correct. Exactly. Okay. But you also have a program, uh, called the wealthy retailer. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, the Wealthy Retailer is really the consulting division of our Canadian Retail Solutions um, you know, brand. And we really looked for something that addressed every aspect of retail. P point of sale and the technology that comes with point of sale, they're, they're just tools you know, that belong in our tool belt. Um, and, and we created the Wealthy Retailer as a consulting division. It, it is essentially a boutique consulting firm that focuses on um, you know, the retail health or well-being of that independent retailer. Tell me what that means, you know, retail health, right? So yeah. there's probably different attributes to that, right? So, and, sure. they, and our audience are e-commerce, yeah. uh, you know, they're Shopify merchants right. Right, on that platform. So tell us how that would apply to a, a Shopify merchant, you know, independent. We, that, that, you know, we, the wealthy retailer really focuses on the Kelf hash, the Kel, the cash health oh, there in go. retail <laughs> businesses, right? And whether that's digital or brick and mortar or a combination thereof, Cash is still king in our world and cash flow our queen. And we need to make sure that having enough cash to fund the business is first our primary goal. And so in becoming healthy in retail, we've got to understand the importance of putting ourselves in the right cash position. And, and that really works through inventory and merchandising and assortment. And again, it's not it's not specific to brick and mortar or specific to digital. In today's world, we've got to look at how does it interact in both places. Now, Dan, you've been doing this well for 30 years, right? <laughs> so, you know, and uh, I can only imagine, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, online sales were 
very nascent or not existent at all. I'm pretty confident not existent at all 30 years ago. I was around at that time. I was selling <laughs> IBM PC. I was selling IBM PC ATs in uh, 1985, right? You remember wow. that? Yeah. 20 megabyte hard drive, 640K in RAM, <laughs> AST, you know, uh, six pack in there. <laughs> and yeah, you know, like uh, that would be driving our, uh, what is it? Our, our uh, POS system at that point. Mm -hmm. right? that, that's, exactly. That's yeah. the kind of stuff it would be. That's the closer we came to it. Now, the evolution I, let me get your perspective on this. The evolution of what we've seen uh, online uh, retailing become, and, and you know th that's probably a ten to fifteen year cycle right about now. I would suspect, right? You know, uh, with the World Wide Web coming into play in the mid '90s, that kind of thing, and eventually catching up with all sorts of different ways for independent people to get on board. Can you tell me, you know, what do you think the major uh, the major advantages and the impediments and and the overall dynamics for an independent retailer right now to either start purely an online uh, store or if it's a brick and mortar to get onto an online uh, platform like Shopify. Tell me what you're seeing in the market. Well, we certainly, you know, let's rewind the clock, you know, almost two years ago. Now we saw a need to create a channel that allowed I mean, we didn't have, there was no choice, Kieran. We had to create a, a mechanism to be able to sell our goods to our retailers. And that meant that we turned to partners like Shopify to get ourselves online. And one of the things that we've certainly seen in the last two years is that local independent brick and mortars retailers, their ability to broaden their market share by adopting a platform like Shopify that puts them in a local community you know, anywhere on the continent. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. Um, two years ago, I would never have advocated for a digital channel the way I do today. You know, we lived in a very tactile world. We still do not just tactile, but social world where we wanted, we longed for that engagement that happened in store. And now as the world has shifted and it's really evolution, we've seen that her demand is, is happening not during my normal business hours, but when she has the freedom you know, to shop. And that often, depending on the, the demographic of your customer, it, it could be 11 at night to four in the morning. You know, it could be through the feeding hours or you know, her downtime. And, and we've had to adopt a channel that allows us to communicate with her on her terms, not on ours. And I think that that's the biggest evolution. And retailers today that don't recognize that I have to live where she lives are a dying breed. Yeah. And, you know, uh, when COVID hit uh, a couple of years ago, imagine that then two years ago. <laughs> wow. How did that happen? Right. Yes. Uh, when COVID hit two years ago, uh, we saw just a flood of new uh, merchants coming to our agency, Socialite. And mm -hmm. Socialite is, of course, the mother, uh, mother uh, ship to, uh, to Merchant Mastery. And it was because it was, it was, a must do at this time, at that point, right? right? You know, floor traffic had dried up, uh, the wholesale channels had dried up. So we had both, you know, the manufacturer and retailers coming to us. Mm -hmm. It was just an amazing, amazing uh, situation uh, with, with that kind of demand. Now, it strikes me that we're not going back to 2019 and the way we conducted business. So tell me, tell me you know, from your lens, uh, why aren't we going back? Now you mentioned a couple of things already. Yes. Right? You know, we want to yeah. meet the meet the client where they are, but right. But I think that you have to recognize that this is evolution. We've just gone through, I mean, think about what happens pre-revolution. Pre it's a revolutionary event. 
which the pandemic created and it forced evolution. So the consumer evolved, right? The merchant evolved, the manufacturer or the vendors evolved. And when in our history, Kiri, now you and I, you know, maybe we're not a century old, but look back in the last century, when have we ever taken a step backwards? Never. It doesn't happen in evolution, no. right? Never. Evolution by definition is, is us moving to a different place. Well, we've moved on. And, and this is part of the challenge today, especially in independent retail. Those that are resisting evolution will die yeah. a slow death. You know, and it, it really uh, is, um, is evident to me that not only are the retailers being forced to evolve, but the customer is not going back either. Right. You know, uh, and, you know, I, I will tell you, and this is uh, sad to hear, and, but uh, the availability of, uh, of inventory and selection and, you know, uh, and delivery and all these kinds of things. And I do not want to support Amazon if I can help it. Right. <laughs> you know, I would rather support the local merchant, but my God, the, uh, the amount of advantages of getting a product through, uh, through an Amazon channel or a Wayfair channel or anything like that, you know, uh, it, it completely changes the chemistry of what the expectation is in the customer's mind. Now, it has. Yeah, you're right. So Kieran, I'm going to just add to that, that it's not about Amazon anymore. Every one of the big retail players in our world have looked to Amazon and said, you know, what are they doing that I can adopt? Look at Walmart, look at the Bay. I mean, HBC coming out now with their marketplace. I mean, Wayfair is in itself a marketplace, which is what Amazon created. It's the curation of product from multiple sources. And yes, through that process, they became, you know, wealthy enough that they could build their own products uh, to compete, you know, with the audience that's out there selling. And the consumer is looking for convenience today. Yeah. Convenience cannot can happen in the independent store the same as it happens at Amazon today. That didn't happen two years ago. Yeah. Let me uh, let me ask you a question. So if you are uh, let's do a hypothetical. I've got an expert here right? mm. <laughs> We've been consulting for 30 years. Let me give you a hypothetical. So you're an independent furniture store in Edmonton, Alberta. And, yeah. you know, and uh, you've got a 5,000 square feet in the West End. I'm actually thinking of a specific guy here right now, right? 5,000 square feet in the West End. And you got some floor traffic and things like that, but you are competing online with Wayfair. What is that? What is that independent? What can that independent do uh, to have a, a, at least somewhat of a tactical advantage, you know, on that, in that online space? You know, I, what a great question. And I'm going to answer it with, you know, we, we developed what we called our 12 steps to retail wealth in 2022. And for me, number five, step number five is customer experience is everything. And the customer's expectations hearing have changed and we have to change with them. Her experience in store physically or digitally, not, not, not brick and mortar, but her digital experience has to wow her. It has to touch her in a, in a place that Wayfair cannot touch. It's how we serve. You know, it's knowing who your customer is. Wayfair knows the digital footprint of their customer. What do we know about them? We know the neighborhood that they live in. We know, that the, we know the community that she lives in. We know how to support her needs ahead of what Wayfair does. And it's that personal attention that we deliver customers that wins against Wayfair. And I've said this before, I'm gonna say it again. I truly believe this. 
experience outweighs expense. I will pay more for a better experience. And Wayfair's you know, return policy is probably one of the most attractive things. But as a retailer, I need that same return policy. You're not happy. I'm not happy. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Dan, have you seen, uh, you know, like if you were to uh, visit uh, 100 independent retailers, how many would you say have an outstanding uh, customer experience, you know, that could have a tactical advantage against the wayfarers of the world? Well, I, I, it's, that's a difficult question to answer. I can tell you in the local audience that I serve, I call them my local audience. They're the people that I work directly, my direct audience. I'm going to say a good half of them understand experience better than they understand expense. And the downside of that is that half the stores out there are not delivering on a superior customer experience. They don't put the customer first. They put themselves first. They think about business ahead of thinking about customer. Yeah. And that goes back to, you know, what we believe have to be our guiding principles. Yeah. I, uh, and of course the vast majority, in fact, vast majority of our uh, merchant mastery clients are uh, online retailers exclusively. Some mm -hmm. have a, uh, a brick and mortar. We're seeing more of this now, but some have uh, currently a brick and mortar attached to that as well. And we're just going to continue to see that explode. I, I'm almost dead certain of that. Mm -hmm. uh, with the, what, what I find very intriguing sometimes is that you, know, you go onto the product uh, pages of these uh, clients and they're very product oriented. Right. <laughs> Here it is. Here it is, and oh, this is what you can buy that, and here are the colors that you can uh, select from. And they are completely leaving the power of brand narrative. Mm -hmm. uh, I know on the table, they do not, uh, they don't stoke the imagination right. of, of that prospect, you know, that is uh, coming by on the website and, you know, and really getting uh, them to think about how this will transform the, the, their right. lives, right? You know, but yeah. So the, the biggest miss today in digital retailing, in any online retailer, if you're an online retailer and you're listening, pay attention here. The biggest miss is that we do not recognize that the customer has buying phases. Customers go from exploring, pardon me, customers go from dreaming to exploring to selecting. Selecting is the act of buying. And so if they're dreaming, where do people dream? They dream, you know, on TV, they dream in the radio, they dream in magazine, they dream on website, they start to explore your store, they're not selecting, and they're exploring, they're looking for the right store, not the right product. And we miss telling a story, right? The romance that comes with buying something, you know, and it's not, it can be as simple as a, a dress, a suit a tie, a sofa, you know, imagine what your home is going to feel like. Imagine sitting, reading your favorite book in this sofa. That's telling a story that helps that consumer as they're dreaming and exploring to identify that this is the place I want to shop. They connect with me on a personal level, not a product level. Yeah. And every product page out there that is just this plethora of you know, three by five square images yeah, of yeah, product yeah. miss telling a story about who you are and why you chose those products for your audience. Now, I love that word you used. Uh, you know, I, if you uh, we're, we're broadcasting from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, right? And uh, one of our favorite restaurants around here and they're down in the U.S. as well across Canada. There's Earl's restaurants. I remember yeah. sitting around uh, a table probably 25 years ago, 20 years ago. 
And I got a quick peek at the server's little uh, sheet that she would uh, write the order down. And one of the words on it, one of her cue words was romance. Yeah. And so one of her duties was to romance the menu item, not just right. take the order. <laughs> right. Was to, it was to romance the menu item. And I just don't see those kind of opportunities being seized on and being taken advantage of. And, you know, and like I said, you know, if I can buy something from a local independent, uh, I'm going to do that every day long, but not right. at a, not at a complete disadvantage to me, a small disadvantage maybe, to make sure that money stays in our community. But right. uh, you know, I think there's a long ways to go with many of these uh, retailers to to get get up to speed. I don't disagree with you, and I think that the the power that this independent retailer has, you know, let's remember, brick and mortar has become a place to capture market. Right. It has right. changed. It's become a medium. Look at the the I mean, look at the Apple of Apples of the world. Look at Amazon's of the world. They're going to open brick and mortar stores, continuously open brick and mortar stores because they see it as a way to capture an audience. They capture that audience with delivering an experience in store that allows that person to now go home and continue buying from that store. And I think that the, the misstep for the independent retailer is, is recognizing that they are a very impactful member of the community and they've got to ride, you know, that, that community wave. And I'm happy to support a store that's in New Haven, Pennsylvania, because I know that it's a local store. Yeah. Just the same as I am to support a store here in my hometown of St. Albert. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to support that independent and not, you know, I, I will pay, I don't mind a little inconvenience to know that I'm supporting someone who, by the way, you know, puts their, their name on the front of my kid's hockey jersey. Exactly right. To me, it's a moral obligation, right? you know, to, to support that, but not at a severe disadvantage, you know, um, and I, I, there's so much education that's needed, you know, to, to get the, uh, the, these retailers up to speed, um, the, the newer ones, especially, right? Because right. it's not about products. It's about brand. It's about story. It's about right. romance, you know, and so those kind of things. Yeah, you got to deliver high quality product as well and such. Now, you and I were talking earlier and uh, we touched on it just a little while ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it is you have a philosophy and it's uh, summed <laughs> up in an acronym called WEALTH. It right? is, tell, yeah. tell us about it. Well, for me, you know, I've, I've been talking ab about retail wealth for several years and wealth being an acronym or, you know, a, a philosophical belief system. For me, it's an acronym that clearly defines our objectives, our output and, and our performance as a retailer. And it starts with having this winning approach, this belief in winning. And winning, Kieran, simply means that we keep score. We know when we're on track, we know when we're off track, and, and that we set out to create wins for our internal customer, our external customer, our partners, and of course, ourselves. And, and every business, every game in the world is, I mean, the result is, did you win or lose? And in retail, we often don't lean hard enough on the scoreboard we think only about sales and and retail is less about sales and more about what goes in to sales okay can, can right? you give, so, us, give us a winning. couple of examples like give me a couple of examples of that you know so I that's, mean, the most w, that's the, the most w that's the right? yeah 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 most yeah, okay. important measurement in retail is my cash margin how much cash do i generate out of every single sale and cash margin pays attention to what you bought 
not what you sold, right? Remember that gross margin or cost of goods sold measures profitability on inventory not yet sold. And in reality, in retail especially, cash leaves our business when we buy inventory. Doesn't matter what our margin is bringing it back. The cash margin that's left over is sales minus how much we spent on inventory. Right. What's left is how I pay my bet bills. It's okay. how I pay my staff. It's how I pay for everything. Now, you said something intriguing there. It said there's a difference between what somebody bought and what somebody sold. Give me, yes. give me a clear explanation so, of that. So in accrual accounting, you know, I think of myself as a bit of a managerial accountant. I don't think about the accrued value, accrued value in my inventory. I think about how much I spent on it. So the difference is, you know, in cost of goods sold, which you see on just about every profit and loss statement or income statement, it measures the cost of only what you sold. It does not measure the impact of what you bought. Got it. See, Got when it. you capture a sale, think about having a three to, you know, three times stock to sales ratio. It means I have three items to achieve the sale of one. But if I only measure profitability on the one I sold, I lose sight of the cost of the two I didn't yet sell. Got it. Bang on. Why cash margin is more important than gross margin. Okay, got it. Uh, that's W. Let's go to E. What e is about energized. And, and we are energetic in the pursuit of our passion. And I'm going to say this to you. You know, the best stores and your audience, your digital audience, the best stores are the ones that contain good stories that are high energy. Think about being in any environment. Energy is the most contagious it's the most contagious attribute in someone. To the degree that you can demonstrate high energy, people get excited around you and we are attracted to energy. Yeah, I, you know, we have a, an account management team over at, uh, over at Socialite and uh, the media buyers, young, young people, high energy. And what I right. routinely tell them is we are in the energy transfer business. Right. right. And, you know, your clients pick up on whether you're low energy, high energy, mid, you know, whether you care, you don't care. Right. And, and we lose track of that, especially in the in the online environment. You know, uh, you, we want right. to really imbue the sites with that. And think about, Kirian, being this influencer that independent retailers have become. If you're if you're showing a video, if you're doing a live for your customer today and you have this monotone, very yeah. boring she doesn't get excited by you. She's not attracted to you. She leaves. I mean, she flips her screen to the next story, yeah. to the next reel, to the next video. You've got to have this energy. And energy comes from passion. From passion. If you're passionate about what you do, energy is easily coming. We have, we have three pillars that we talk about. And we said it earlier, merchant market fit, right? Product market fit, yeah. product channel. Merchant market fit is exactly what you're talking about there, right? Right. Uh, can you command people's attention with your knowledge and with your product uh, uh, fit and, uh, and mm -hmm. just being able to really convey that in a high energy way so that you instill that confidence uh, right. in that prospect. Okay, so yeah. we are now at A. What does A, a stand for? A is admired. We need, to, we need to be admired. Admired by our peers, by our team, by our coworkers, by our customers. Admired by our community. Remember this, we are independent retailers. We live within a community. We want people in our community to look at our store and admire us. Admiration is all about us longing to be famous without ever saying it. I mean, admiration, 
or the desire to be admired is the desire to be humbly famous, Got quietly it. famous. It also implies you have to do admirable things. Exactly. <laughs> right. right. And, and, you know, and I think, you know, uh, a hot, uh, hot on that topic is you can't be boring. You can't be, you know, uh, standard. Right. Uh, it's got to be something that you are differentiated in, you know, uh, right. otherwise your brand doesn't stand. Out. Okay. That's and people that's aren't admired by your ability to copy someone else. People, people admire you for your ability to be you to be. Okay. Perfect. Okay. We yeah. are at L. What does L yeah, say? L is lean, lean. We've got to practice this philosophy of being lean in everything we do lean in inventory lean in expense, lean in presentation, lean giving us the ability to be nimble, to shift gears to, I mean, the word of 2020 was pivot. You know, the word of 21 was adapt. You know, if you're not lean, you don't adapt. And yeah. look at the examples out there, Kieran, of stores, big, big retail companies that died on the vine. They couldn't, they couldn't shift. Being lean gives us that ability. Yeah, uh, and so many... Uh... So many examples of that, you know, you just have to go down to the U.S. and take a look at what's happening with, you know, Kmart right. and, you know, and right, Sears. Sears was the giant, right. uh, you know, of, of retail, you know, for Sears Roebuck for all the late 1800s, early 1900s, that kind of stuff, right? 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 Their catalog disappeared because they couldn't right. adapt. Uh, okay, we are now at T. Tenacious. See, tenacity has to be one of your attributes in being wealthy in retail. You've got to treat setbacks like anomaly. I make a bit of light of this, that, you know, that we live on this bipolar roller coaster in retail. We're going to wake up tomorrow. I mean, here we are in the thick of holiday shopping season as we record this. We're going to wake up tomorrow and think we're the greatest retailers in the world. And the next day, we're going to wake up and think we're a failure. And this is about our ability to treat those little setbacks as anomalies and not let them define us. Get up, you know, we get knocked down or we get set back. We get up and we continue charging, you know, in the pursuit of our vision. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I often tell uh, young people that uh, we're coaching, you know, that uh, yeah. you know, your degrees, your diplomas, all that, you know, that, that's this much of everything. And it's going to be quite meaningless in 30 years, right? What's more important is grit, perseverance, right. uh, you know, your ability to get up again and, uh, and, and, exude that because that is a clear leadership principle as well. You know, that right. people's a, a leadership trait that people can mm -hmm. sense in you, let alone, right. you know, seeing you. Okay. And our greatest successes are, are truly measured from our failures, not our wins. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the setback that makes us stronger and the ability to analyze and understand the why something is what it is without the, the infusion of excuse, right? The deflection of blame onto something I don't control. Yeah. Take ownership of something. Hey, this is where we missed our step. It's just a misstep. Let's, let's fix this. Get up, you know, yeah. rise up, move yeah. on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. okay. We are at H. Tell me H what H is. is all about happiness. And I'm going to say that you've got to recognize that happiness is the essential ingredient of all successes. We first have to be happy, happy in where we are before we will ever be successful. Too, too many retailers that I get engaged with forget about how important happiness is. And, you know, I've leaned hard on Sean Aker and the happiness advantage for a long time. Someone introduced it to me eight or 10 years ago, and it just has changed the way I look at things. I only try to build 
from positivity, from happy moments. And happy really is defined as this feeling of, of satisfaction and contentment. And happiness is how we build business. Not, I mean, pessimism. If you want bad stuff, Karen, it's out there. It surrounds us. It'll consume us. But if we focus on being happy first, we will find opportunity that we didn't know existed. Yeah. You know, um, by the way, you've always struck me as a happy guy. <laughs> high energy, happy guy, right? Yeah. Knowledgeable, high energy, happy guy. Okay, so that's that's wealth. Now that's retail wealth. That's yeah. retail wealth, right? And that's that's a core philosophy in your programs, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that is something that the merchant has to bring to the table on their right. own. That's not some, I, none of this. You know, you can teach aspects of this. But for right. the most part, this is something that has to be imbued in their character and their personality, whether you're an online retailer or not. It doesn't no, matter what kind. I mean, yeah, digital retailers have to have this winning philosophy. Yeah. And I can teach people how to keep better score, but winning the game has to drive them. They've got to be competitive first. Yeah. If your desire is, I, you know, and, and let's let's not take this the wrong way, but if your desire is to participate. Mm -hmm. Mm, retail success will elude you. Yeah, I don't need a participation ribbon. Yeah, I need a gold. Yeah, yeah, bang on. Gotta drive us. Bang on. So let, let me ask you. So that's wealth, and you you've got yeah. uh, certainly many different aspects uh, of your program, but this mm -hmm. is the, one of the core uh, features of it, right? You bring this to the table, then we can help you, right? Uh, right. Dan Oldman's team can help you. Okay. Um, let me let me finish off our uh, our uh, interview with uh, with this one question. Where do you see? retail going and i want you to uh to confine this to online retail where do you see yeah. uh online retail going in 2022 well i listen i don't think that there has been a better time to be an independent retailer i think that today the consumer we we she has been sold a philosophy of supporting the need to support independent retail and i'm getting i mean here we are look at what's happening across the country right now they're putting more restriction on on business and that's going to bring a rise up in the consumer to support that business wherever they can and as she's evolved it's going to be online and online is just simply one of the channels that she wants to be on she is there i mean this this whole uh, uh, I'm going to say surge that we've seen in social media has changed the way we buy. We now look to those influencers, not marketers. There's a difference. We look to those influencers to guide us appropriately. And as a digital retailer, you have to be a better influencer, right? Influencer by definition, someone that promotes a pro products from a place of understanding them and knowing them to their curated audience. That's digital retailing. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's, uh, what is it now? Shopify has one and a half million, 1.7 million uh, sites now going. You know, I, I see no end to that soon. It's just going to continue to grow at an exponential right. rate. So that means even more competition out in the market uh, for uh, similar categories of product and such. So the need... competition carrying is the absolute best thing for us. It keeps us on our toes. It helps us to be innovative, not iterative. Yeah, and and that's exactly where I was going. It it, it even more exacerbates the need uh, for you to stay on top of the game, stay yeah. on top of the technology, stay on top of the brand that you're trying to build. Right? This isn't a, you know participants. Um, if you're just a participant, you're probably just a loser, you know, on the side. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be. Right. And I don't mean loser as a loser, but you know, as right. in no, no, you can't win. 
you, you're not going to win the game. Be in the game to win, which right. is exactly what you just said. And I think that what you're going to see, especially in 2022, is the ability, and this is education over entertainment. You know, we can watch our competition and learn from their wins and their losses. Yeah. We have these groundbreaking early adopters in retail that we're going to learn from. And part of being, you know, in my community, in your community, in our, you know, retail educational community is that we learn what best practices are and we learn how to take what store A is doing and make it our own yeah. and drive our business forward. Bang it's a on. bright, bright future in retail, my friend. Bang on. Dan Holman, where can, where can people find you? Yeah, you can, listen, Canadian Retail Solutions, at your fingertips, retailbycrs.com. Uh, Dan at thewealthyretailer.com, best way to get a hold of me. Uh, you can find us on all of the, your favorite social channels. And uh, if, you, if you like a little bit of what you hear from me today, head over to your favorite podcast platform, search out The Wealthy Retailer, and catch our weekly podcast over there where we share all kinds of uh, opinion, advice, guidance, expertise uh, from all different walks of, of our retail world. It's certainly not just me. I lean hard on our retail community for that, for that uh, content. Terrific. Dan Holman from Wealth, The Wealthy Retailer and Canadian Retail Solutions. 